Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. All right, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9 for a message titled, Burning Bridges. Now in our text today, we see Jesus change his course and he begins setting his face towards Jerusalem. So in verse 51, it says, Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And this starts a 10-chapter section of Jesus going in the, in the Gospel of Luke, going to Jerusalem, the journey to Jerusalem. It takes 10 chapters. Luke really zooms in more so than any other part of Jesus' ministry on these these last few weeks as Jesus makes his journey south to Judea and ultimately to Jerusalem where he'll be, he'll be hanging on a cross. Now, the, the phrase here to be received up goes back to what he said in verse, in verse 44 when he said this to his disciples, let these words seek down into your ears for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. And, and so he sets his face to Jerusalem so that he can suffer that, so that he can face that betrayal and, and be delivered into the hands of sinful men. It's amazing to us to think that that's what Jesus would set his mind to do. And yet that's what he set himself to do from the moment that he left glory, the moment that he stepped out of the glory that he knew with his father before the world was and, and became a baby and was laid in a manger. I mean, it was, it was a stark contrast to where he had been, and certainly he didn't come to this life to enjoy everything that it had to offer, but rather to enjoy you and me, to enjoy the people and to minister to them and to ultimately die for them in their place. But this was prophesied. This isn't something that just like happened all of a sudden. This is something that was long prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. We see in the scroll of Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4, it says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. And so he's, we see that. It's a picture that we've seen in Jesus' ministry. We see Jesus ministering to people, which it describes here. We see Jesus going early in the morning and getting away and being with the Father so that he can get instructions and he can learn from the Father, which is crazy to think about. It, it kind of helps us to understand how much of his deity that he set aside as he became a man and, and lived like just like us and depended completely upon the Father. But then in verse 5, it says something interesting. It almost seems like he's talking about the same thing as he did in verse 4. But it says, the Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. 
But this isn't actually talking about hearing in any way. What this is referring to is what it describes back in the law in Leviticus 25 when you have a a slave who wants to continue to be a slave, who wants to completely submit to you forever for the rest of their life, they would take them to the doorpost, they'd put their ear against the doorpost, and they would drive a stake through their ear, and they open their ear, and that was what they called it, was opening their ear. And that's what Jesus is saying, I'm completely submitting to the Father's will. I'm not going to turn away from that. And in verse 6, it says, I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard, and I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Just a small glimpse of what we're going to see three chapters later in Isaiah 53 as you read through the book of Isaiah. So it's pretty amazing to hear these details. Things that will Jesus will suffer as he is beaten and scourged. You know, we, we have scroll, we have this scroll. It's, it's amazing. We have uh, the Isaiah scroll of this text. A hundred years older than Jesus out of the Dead Sea Scrolls. We have the Septuagint, which is almost 300 years older than Jesus, that records these details for us, sealed in, in, in history's past of the things that Jesus would suffer and the things that Jesus would do. And gives us this great detail about his suffering. And it says, verse 7, For the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint and I know that I will not be ashamed. And so this is what it's talking about as Jesus is setting his face towards Jerusalem. He's, it's referring to this passage, and that's what Jesus would do. He would set his face like a stone. He's not going to be moved from the, from the trajectory. He's not going to be moved from the mission that the Father has called him to. He's completely obedient. And so we see that at this time that Jesus sets his face to head towards Jerusalem. Mark gives us the detail that, that Jesus left secretly. You know, he gathered his 12 disciples with him and they left kind of stealthily when nobody was around. Of course, Jesus has been followed by giant crowds. And now he kind of separates himself off and heads south without the crowds. Verse 52, it says, And sent messengers before his face, and they went and they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. So leaving Galilee, send some disciples ahead of him to make a place ready. You know, this is something we don't think about, but there's logistics when it comes to stuff like this. And, you know, and Jesus, just he's not just traveling around arbitrarily. We see a few glimpses of it. Remember when he's getting ready to get in, when he's about to go to Jerusalem a week before the crucifixion, he goes into the city, he tells some disciples, hey, there'll be a donkey tied up over there, you know, go get it. If anybody asks you anything about it, just say the Lord needs it. Okay, so they go and they steal this donkey. You know, like, what are you doing? Untying my donkey. The Lord needs it? You know, I mean, they could have been arrested, right? You don't steal donkeys. They're like, okay, so... Or, or the time when he said, follow a man, he'll, he'll be carrying a pitcher, he'll lead you to the place where we're going to have dinner. So he would send his disciples ahead to make arrangements. And so these guys go to a town of Samaria. It would seem that as they get there, they they find a place and they get things settled that they're going to be staying there. And, and he has, you know, these, these 12 other guys with him, so 13. Now, we did that in Rome. We actually had the same size of group, 13 of us, when we went to Rome. And I booked a place. On the map, it looked really close to the center where we were staying. I don't know what the transportation was going to be like, but it turns out, yeah, you just go to the center where the bus stop is, and then you just walk from there, and it was only a mile. 
for Americans, that is a long time, long ways to walk when you have suitcases. Now, for Europeans, it's nothing, you know, mild is, yeah, it's right, it's right there, you know, it's just gonna, but for Americans, you know, I think one day we clocked it on our, I think it was my, my phone that said I, I walked 13 miles. Cause we walk back and forth, back and forth to our hotel, to the center, to our hotel, to the center, to our hotel, to the center. And, and we walk all the way there. We have this whole group of people there. We get there a little later than we thought we would because of the walk and getting everybody's luggage and everything. And the lady who was showing us the apartment was not there. And so we're standing there on the street. We have no idea what we're going to do. And the guy who came to receive us that Brent sent to help us didn't have a phone. He only had a tablet that he uses the phone when he had Wi-Fi. And so we're just kind of standing there like, what are we going to do? And finally, we were able to get a, the guy there, one of the guys there to call, and we got connected, and finally, we were able to get in our room. But then, you know, to deal with a, t- a team of 13 people, and some of them were teenagers. And unfortunately, sometimes those teenagers acted like teenagers, and then, you know, some people were irritated with other people, and I'm in charge, so I have to kind of keep everybody happy. Okay, everybody just get along, you know. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing. So I, I sympathize with what Jesus is going through. He sends this guy ahead to make arrangements. Verse 53, it says, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. So Jesus gets there and, and there's, there's a few things in play here. First of all, you know, the Holy Spirit's moving him along. You know, and maybe we kind of get the, his face is set. You know, he's going to Jerusalem. And, and so maybe the Holy Spirit is moving Jesus along. And it, it's really in the heart of the Samaritans, you know, basically, no, I want you to keep moving. The, the Holy Spirit's actually leading them. But, but on another tone, and probably a, a huge part of this, is that when they find out he's headed to Jerusalem, and maybe that question was asked when Jesus showed up with all the disciples, where are you guys going? We're going to Jerusalem. We don't want anything to do with that. Because you have to understand there was tension between the Samaritans and the Jews. Kind of like a tension between the Ukrainians and the Russians type of a thing. You know, and war could break out any time and they did not like each other. And yet they would pass through each other's land and deal with each other when they had to. But for the most part, they didn't want anything to do with the Samaritans. And it was a huge prejudice there. And why? Well, if you remember in your Old Testament, you remember that the, the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, was carried away by the Assyrians about 740 BC, 733, I think is when it was finally completed. But the Assyrians came in, they took the people out, and they left a remnant there, just a group of, of poor people there, and then they, they brought a bunch of other people in. And, and that's how the Assyrians worked. That's how they kept peace. They, they, instead of, you know, putting big barracks everywhere and trying to keep everybody under control, they just took mountain people and put them by the shore. And they put, took, you know, coastal people and they put them in the plains. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 991 2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.